All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have Arielle Bloom. Now, Arielle's been with NC Fit for a really long time. She supports us with coaching and with session plan writing and a variety of other things. But she's also started her own company called Navigating Nutrition. And over the last year or two, I've seen it start to grow and develop. And I really, I was really excited to talk to her about what sparked it, what has she learned, not only because I, w- I love talking to people about starting businesses, but also because I think it's really relevant, relevant to a lot of people that listen to this podcast about starting a business, not having millions of dollars, not having millions of followers, but identifying what you're good at, what your audience needs, and speaking to them and building something special. And Ariel really dives into a variety of tangible takeaways that I was really... Um, I was really fired up about on this episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Before we dive into it, as a friendly reminder, if you're a gym owner or coach out there and you have not checked out the NC Fit Collective, our professional development tools are in a league of their own, and we would love to have you check them out. Email us at collective at nc.fit or go ahead and visit nc.fit and check out for more information. Now, let's dive into an incredible episode with Ariel, and let's keep getting after it. Let's go. All right, so Ariel, what's going on? Yeah, so we were just talking about, uh, well, we talked about a lot of things before this, but I think that <laughs> the biggest thing that could be really cool to start with, you know, is this idea of like understanding and really valuing your own worth as coach, as business owner. And it comes down to, and I said it before, just money is an exchange of energy. And when you are not aligned with the price that you are charging, when you are not aligned with how much money you are making, you are not valuing your own time or the time of the people around you. And a lot of times we feel like, because we come from an industry where it is really tough and it's pretty selective, we feel like we have to take it just what we can get. But if you truly know your worth and you truly value your time, your energy, your experience, and the value you bring to others, then if you don't charge what you're worth, if you're not charging enough for your service, then you're just lowering the playing field for everybody instead of like rising the tides, like we always say. Yeah. Well, you and I were talking about it. You were saying that you've raised your prices and this is really valuable for coaches. And we were talking for a while before we started recording, but you were talking about you've raised your prices now four times. Yeah. Yeah. In the past year. And, and so each time that you raised your price, I imagine you question yourself like, Oh, is it worth it? Or am I worth it? I I imagine that that process went through your head and then all of a sudden you put out to the world and then it's validated because it happened. Right. Is, Is that what, what went through your, your mind? Yeah. And here's the thing is I never didn't think I was worth the money. It was more, I didn't think that anyone would pay that. (laughs) Right. And that comes down to, and like, it boils down to the fact that I just wasn't confident in what I offered. Right. Like I didn't, I wasn't sure I could make the impact until I got social proof until I learned and worked with people enough times to see I can make a difference in their life. And I know what that value is worth to them. That transformation is worth to them. And that brought a lot more confidence into my mind when I did raise my prices. And the reason I raised it four times is not because I was going all willy nilly and just like raising prices. It was a strategic incremental increase just to make sure that I could. 
Yeah. And so let's, let's back up a little bit because I think, you know, so Ariel, um, you've been a part of NC fit for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. your husband as well. And you work with us on, um, writing one of our programs, supporting Mm -hmm. us with the back end session plans and whatnot with other programs. Um, but when you moved out of like coaching in the gyms, you really explored. And I, I feel like really dove all in on nutrition. And so your company navigating nutrition, like mm-hmm. you guys, you, you got into it, what in 2000, like almost like, oh, like a, what a little over a year ago, like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't fully commit to coaching. I didn't bring my first clients on until 2019. Right. And so when you, when you started off, cause I think this is really cool uh, for any coaches out there or anybody who's kind of an independent person that's working in a gym for any reason, or is, it wants to explore nutrition in particular, I think you'd also take the mindset you're taking towards personal training as well, but we'll stick on nutrition because I think it's a little bit easier. Um, given the times, given the digital, you know, the Zoom, the Zoom life, you were working one-on-one with clients and then you pivoted that. So do you want to kind of back up to the, how you started your nutrition kind of focus and then you went to a business course and how it kind of transformed everything for you? Because I found that to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I started nutrition coaching the way that almost everyone in our space knows nutrition coaching, right? Like monthly, um, one-on-one, it was online check-ins and it just wasn't working for me. I didn't feel a connection to my clients. I wanted to know more about their lives and I didn't feel like I was making an impact. I felt like I could maybe adjust some things and there were some people that it worked for, for, for a little bit at least. And then I found that it wasn't sticking and they were just needing me over and over and over again. And as a coach, that's not what I want. Like, I don't want you to need me forever, right? I want you to learn and be able to apply that in your life. And then if you need me to touch things up, like, of course, come back. But I want you to be able to go and spread your wings and do your thing. So when I realized it wasn't working for me and I knew that it was something that I wanted more of in my life, I decided to sign up for a business coaching course and it was literally perfect timing. Like I couldn't have said it even better. We had just come back from um, our engagement party actually, and we're on an airplane and this was right before like everything shut down. Um, And I saw an ad for this business coaching course um, with this woman, Jess Glazer. And it was everything I needed and everything I didn't know I needed because it taught me not only like systems and actual ways that I could increase efficiency. And, um, I understood a little bit more about like social media marketing, things like that. But what it did was it gave me the confidence to go out and pivot into something that I knew was going to make more impact. I could have more people in a room together. I could really like use, I'm a teacher at heart. Like I went to school for education. I wanted to be able to spread a knowledge base of some sort and going through this business course, it allowed me to pivot out of this one-on-one coaching realm and into a bigger space where I could have more impact and it was scalable. So you go to this coaching course and this is really interesting because I think that for anybody listening, they might be in the same situation you are where maybe they have, you know, they do a little one-on-one nutrition consulting. That's not uncommon in our industry um, to get paid X amount per month. And to your point, um, it kind of becomes this thing where there's no end in sight, right? They just kind of keep coming back to you. You want to provide a tool they could then learn from and then move forward with. But with the business consulting or with the business course you took, 
one of the biggest changes that I, that I saw personally, just from the outside looking in, was this idea of utilizing social media as a tool to get people to attract to what you are delivering. And mm-hmm. so I, I, want, I want to kind of twofold question this. The first one is this idea of um, what tangible in, insight did this business course provide that pivoted your, your train of thought? And then secondly, um, why did you decide, and then I'm going to go into social media, but why did you decide on doing like these uh, 12 week courses instead of the consistent reoccurring? Was that part of that business consulting that, that made a change? Okay, I'm going to try and remember what you asked me first. Oh, yeah, it was yes. a lot. Yeah. So, no, it's okay. This is testing my memory. It's good. Um, so, this course, what happened for me was a little bit of, like, I just had fatigue in terms of my coaching. I felt like, like I said, I felt like I was a hamster spinning my wheel, and I didn't feel like I had any way of scaling that business. It was either I take on more clients, which I really didn't have any more bandwidth for because I was also coaching full time. And, um, or I, I basically have to do something right. Like I have to pivot somehow. So for me, this business course and taking on, um, just a new way of thinking is really what I got the most out of the course itself. Like it was a lot more, I developed a lot of confidence in myself, in what I offered, but I also developed a lot more understanding of the person I was trying to serve, the market that I was trying to be in and what I wanted my message to be in that space. So that was really helpful for me in terms of like going through a course because it was a little bit more structured and it helped me dive into all those pieces. So if you didn't, if you're someone and you don't have this course, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. it sounds like a pitch for the course, which neither one of us have anything to do with, right? But if, if, you, if you're not going through this course that you went to that, that had yeah. a dramatic impact on your, on your self-confidence, your uh, you know, idea of who your target audience is, et cetera, mm-hmm. what would the recommendations be? Because obviously the byproduct was it did this for you, but mm-hmm. what led you to that point through the course? Because maybe someone could have that insight and impart it on themselves right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is um, one of my favorite things to talk about because it doesn't, you don't have to go through a course to get this information. You just have to like sit and ask yourself, okay, what am I really good at? What is the thing that lights me up when I work with other people? And that's going to be your specialty, whatever that is for you. And when you're looking at that, now you have your specialty and it's outlined. That's great. Now put that to the side and now ask, who do I want to help? That's your niche. That's the people that you work the best with. And if you don't know how to find that person, if you're not sure, think of either, you can do two things. You can either look at yourself because we work best with people that are like us. So think about yourself. Think about your pain points, the things that you have trouble with, the things that you're working on, the things that you want to improve. That's one niche that you can definitely dive into. The second one is think about your favorite person to coach. It could be in your classes. It could be one of your personal training clients. Um, it could be your best friend. But think about what, they, what, um, what their things are. Like, what are they struggling with? What is the one thing that would make them the happiest if they just achieved that goal? And see how you can use your specialty to improve on that with them. And those are the two things that made the biggest difference for me was, what am I really good at? And who do I want to serve? Yeah, that's really good. And so for you, yeah. um, you have, you, you're predominantly at this point, female 
focused and dominant. So would mm-hmm. you say that you took the initial idea of like, hey, I'm going to go find people who are similar to me and these are my pain points. I'm going to help them solve it. Yeah. So I started there because I really wasn't sure. And it actually has pivoted. Now I work predominantly with um, moms and it's usually like women between 30 and 50 in that range um, who have had kids, not like new moms, but just moms in general, because a lot of times I've noticed, and I do this myself, um, we put everyone in front of a in front of us. So like everyone else's needs in front of our own. And that was one thing that I resonated with, with myself. And then I noticed from working with my clients that I loved, um, those were the women that I just gravitated towards because I just wanted to like lift them up. Yeah. I I completely see that side of it, especially as moms, right? Like I see that with my wife, for example. Um, and so this is really super interesting conversation for me because I feel like if you're a coach out there, there's a lot of people and, 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 and just in general who have mm-hmm. to ask themselves these questions. And I mean, we ask ourselves those questions through our organization, maybe at a different point. But if you're an individual, you got to ask yourself that. And then as an organization, you can ask yourself the same questions that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you go to this course, you get this mindset shift, which I think anybody listening could, can think through those because those are really tangible items you just brought up. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is, okay, so you switch to these um, three-month courses, you have mm-hmm. small groups, you know, five to 10 people, you charge more or less for the sake of argument, a premium for them, which that premium is increased four times, which is really, really cool. And you could dive deep with them. Now, my mm-hmm. question is, or, or I know this from asking you, most of your new clients come through social media. And yeah. as we all know, social media is a really interesting world. I think it's a phenomenal tool. I think people can get really wrapped up in it and it can become, you have to have, you have to understand your relationship with it. This is something you and I've talked about a little bit and Gabe and I have talked about a lot, but a lot of your business is coming through social. And I think for a lot of other people, business can come through social because it's a way that you can get your message out very affordably. And if you send the right message to the right person at the right time, you can get them to engage with you. Yeah. So I'm curious how your social media shifted from this mindset shift and then how long it took you to actually see results from that shift. Mm -hmm. It's actually really cool because I just recently, like this week looked back on, um, I got like the, this day in 2017, like post a reminder kind of thing on Instagram. And my message has more or less been the same around mindset and positivity and these things. But I will say that the biggest shift that I made was just consistency consistency of showing up, consistency of what I actually want people to get out of the things that I say and the things that I'm posting and sharing. Um, And I will, I agree with you. It can be, Instagram especially can be such a great tool and it can also be a lot of people's demise. And it's just a matter of like who you're surrounding yourself with on that channel. And then also how much weight you're putting on that tool because it is a tool. It's not the only one, right? Um, but for me, the biggest thing, and I love Instagram, so I'm like, probably not the best person to talk about like hating Instagram with, but I think it's an amazing tool because for me, it was free advertising. I get to connect with so many people and I get to connect with other like-minded people like myself. So I get to do collaborations with different coaches. I get to learn and, and grow from the things that I'm also like taking in on social media. Um, so it's just been a matter of that consistency. And then 
surrounding myself intentionally with specific types of people. And, you know, you bring up Instagram and I think that's a really interesting topic is that in the fitness space in particular, Instagram is going to be probably the most dominant over the LinkedIn and the Facebook and the Twitter for yeah. sure, because fitness is so visual and we, we want to see that representation. And so I think that's a, it's a super valuable tool. Like you said, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about, and this is so consistency obviously matters, getting your message in front of people. And what's mm -hmm. really unique is that for you to build your business, you don't need tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of clients, right? You no. could be successful with, you know, a hundred clients done right a year, let's just say as a yeah. argument, and you could build yourself a really cool business from that. And I think that at times it's daunting, right? You look at social media, like, oh my God, I need to get a hundred thousand followers, but you have people that have much less following who could actually build a business. And so that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's not ahead, necessarily, yeah. I just want to, um, because I love what you just said, and it's not necessarily the amount of followers you have, it's the engagement and the, and the connection you have with the followers you have. If you have 2000 followers, if you have 500 followers, it doesn't matter. Um, what matters is how connected are they to you and you to them, right? Like how much of an impact are you having, but also are you checking in on them? And if you have more followers, it's a little bit harder to do like one-on-one, -on -one, but you can always develop those relationships with people, especially on Instagram. Yeah, I, I agree. And so with Instagram, um, speaking of which, you know, I think that for people who are going out there and want to build a brand for themselves, you, you gave some really good tangible feedbacks on ways that they could start thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But now when they start speaking to these audiences, something that's challenging for me is at times feeling like it's, um, scripted or um, mm. prepared or, or um, uh, curated, right? Yeah. And, and you said something to me earlier, you're like, it is curated, like it, it is curated content. And so how do you overcome this idea of being authentic to yourself and being authentic to like, I am Jason Klepa or I am Ariel or whatever, versus what I want to put out there so that it could ultimately create an audience that's interested in, in where I want to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And truthfully, I like <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. I make, um, a very clear effort to like have people understand that I do curate my content. Like I write my posts in advance. I go out and I take pictures specifically with the intent of using them for Instagram. Um, some of them I save cause I love them, but like the purpose is so that I, I understand and I am sure that I am being as effective as possible in the message I want to convey. And that's where it, I think some people get stuck is they feel like by pre-planning your posts, you're not being authentic. But the truth is like, I know the message. I'm very clear and I'm very certain of how I want to come across to you to be able to have the most impact on your life. And on my feed, like those hard posts, those are going to be curated because I want to make sure that it's something that's going to be valuable for you at all times. You know, anytime you go to my feed and you click on any one of those pictures, there is something for you to take. It's either um, something around mindset, something around nutrition information itself, um, something around lifestyle habits that you can incorporate into your life. Like I want that to be the case so that whenever you come to my page, you know that you can find something there. Now my stories are much more authentic, right? Because those aren't scripted. That's like, if I'm feeling like I wanna show you a funny picture of my dog Mila, like I'm gonna post it there. 
if I want to get on and tell you about something that I'm thinking about or I'm working through, that's where it's going to be. And so, yes, we have to remember that any social media is the highlight reel, right? But, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn from the highlight reel. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so I, I like what you're saying. I do. And I think that a lot of coaches can take this and implement it themselves and build a business. So you went from having, you know, a couple of clients or et cetera, less than 10 on mm -hmm. this reoccurring kind of basis to yeah. now doing these quarterly and you've seen some pretty good growth, right? And yeah. tangible, you know, yes, the impact you're making is more um, profound, which I think is the number one, because that's what drives us long-term. Yeah. But secondly, you're able to actually generate more revenue, which could then lead to a bunch of other things for you and your life, for you to be able to go contribute other places. Mm -hmm. But it's a really cool story right now because we're like, what, 12 months from when you started pre-COVID yeah. to now where we're at. And, you know, your revenue is probably, what, tripled maybe? Yeah. And the amount of people have, has, you know, doubled, tripled, whatever. And so I think for anybody listening right now, this isn't some story of going from $5 million to $10 million or whatever. It's, it's from going from not as much to more. And, and it's something that there's actually real takeaways that they can implement and go and build, you know, $5,000 a month, $7,000 a month, $10,000 a month. And then you keep growing from that point. And so that's really cool. Yeah. And here's a cool thing about it too, is like, this is why I love social media in general. Um, because when you're just in the gym, you're kind of confined to the amount of people that are in your community. Now you have social media and you have this whole new platform to impact more people. There are 7 billion people in the world. Like you have, all you need really is like, what, a hundred of those 7 billion. And now using social media as your tool, you can access those people. You can call them in from wherever they are. They don't have to be in your immediate physical community. And that's what's really cool, especially about the time that we're in right now, is everybody's on, everybody's connected more, everybody's looking for more connection because of the fact that we really can't get it physically anymore. So this is the most opportune time to like go have impact somewhere else. Yeah. No, I, yes. And you know, different people could be on different stages. It's like obviously we're rolling yeah. out new products. And we're looking for hundreds of thousands of people, right? But, but at, a, at an individual level, you can make a yeah. huge impact. And then it grows and it snowballs from there. So shifting the conversation, I think we've, we've dove into kind of the mindset shift in the business and how you utilize social media, which I, which I think is incredibly profound. Now, one of the things I, obviously I have to ask is for, for your nutrition philosophy and what you're all about, what does that look like? And what have you seen success for your clients? So it's shifted a lot as I've grown and learned and worked with more clients. Um, I used to be really in the camp of like, everyone needs to eat very similarly, right? Like everyone should really track their macros because it's a great um, tool for them. And truthfully now, having done this for so long, it's so, so clear to me that the most important thing for everybody is to sleep, eat, move and sweat. That's, that's it. And it can look so different for everybody. And I, I do a lot of guest coaching where I go into other people's programs. Um, like I talked about collaborations earlier. Um, 
I go into other people's programs and I teach them the four pillars of health as I see them being important. Um, and it's sleep, hydration, movement, and nutrition. And, and so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the big thing is like those four things. And I kind of dive into each one separately to go um, deeper into what that actually means and what that looks like for different people. So at a high level, I mean, look, you've been in an airstream, you've gone across the country. Um, yeah. I know that Gabe, you and Gabe both live the lifestyle that you're preaching, which is one of the reasons why I like talking to you guys is because you're not just talking about it, you're actually walking the walk, which I think is really important in any industry, especially ours. And yeah. so at a high level, how would you break down those four pillars? So like, is it, hey, I need you to sleep eight hours. I want you to eat, um, you know, get rid of sugar. What are, at a high level, what is the feedback? Yeah. So for most people, and like this obviously changes based on the person, based on where you're at in your journey. Um, for most people, sleeping six to nine hours a night. Um, and that's quality sleep. So ideally, you're not waking up multiple times, right? Um, hydration is another drinking at least half your body weight in ounces and that's going to be basically like enough to make you not thirsty throughout the day and if you're more active you may need a little bit more water and balancing that with some form of electrolytes so adding sea salt to your water using some sort of electrolyte supplement and then movement have are you moving daily it doesn't mean high intensity activity every single day but it means like are you moving your body enough to make sure that you are getting adequate blood flow? Are you um, keeping your mind sharp? Like all of that goes into your movement and it's daily movement there. And then in terms of your nutrition, we're looking at quality, quantity, and variety. Are you eating enough to support your activity levels? That's quantity. Are you eating foods that are going to give you all of the micro and macronutrients that you need? That's quality. And are you getting a variety? That's variety, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so those are really, so those are four easy ways to get started. I think, yes, that makes sense, right? A variety of foods, looking at that. And um, so those are, it's, it's really funny because you talk to people and, you know, I, I was victim to this early on in my career is that you want to overcomplicate things. And what I found over time is that simplifying things and meeting people where they're at is so incredibly important because People oftentimes will come in and they want to do everything overnight, but for them to really have this longevity and actual sustainability, kind of got to take a step back and just be a little bit more easy in the approach. And I'm sure you've probably seen that with your clients time and time again. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because a lot of times when I start working with clients, I'm like, all right, I need you to sleep uh, eight hours tonight. And they're like, okay, but what else? I'm like, yeah. no, 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 that will be hard enough for you. I promise. Like start there. Right. Start slow, build in the habits yeah. and then kind of keep stacking it, which Gabe and I talked about this habit stacking. Yeah. Which is a really cool concept. Man, I love habit stacking. It's awesome. <laughs> habit stacking for those that you know, aren't, aren't aware is basically this idea of like, I'm using it, for example, um, if I normally ride the spin bike in the morning, but I mm -hmm. also want to start consuming more audiobooks. a way that I could habit stack is listen to audiobooks while I already implement it with a habit that I already have, which is riding the spin bike. So yes. it's like taking something you want to do and incorporating with something that you're already doing. So for those yeah. of you who are unaware. Yeah, I love that. Um, I use that a lot for my clients, especially working from home now. Um, and everyone can feel free to use this, but I always recommend in terms of habit stacking, if you're trying to get more movement in your day and you have a lot of Zoom calls, 
try taking some of them walking around, whether it's like pacing around your house, your apartment, or going outside, getting some fresh air, like those pairing those two together. If you can get outside on a walk, like on a call, especially then go do it. Yeah. Well, I think for any coach owner listening, I think the motivation there really is this idea of being open enough that you did find that business consulting or that, that course, right? Yeah. And recognizing those valuable things you were asking yourself. And I think if you own a gym, you can start asking yourself that same question, or if you want to go develop an online business, but having the awareness enough that you needed to kind of reflect on that is a really big takeaway that I'm having. So um, Ariel, for people that want to find out more uh, about what you're doing, um, where you're going, where can they find out more information? Um, the all encompassing Instagram is always where I send people. I love yep. it. Obviously. Um, my username is at Ariel underscore bloom. So it's my first and last name. And we'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. Yep. That's the best place to find me. Perfect. Well, I'll have i uh, I'll send people that way. And awesome. um, thanks for getting for all the insight. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you continue to create. I'm really, I've been loving the journey. I've been watching thanks, it from the Jay. sideline and uh, got much more in the tank. Thank you so much. All right. Have a day. Have a good day, everyone. Bye.